Budapest from George Ezra here on Wave 105 for this Thursday morning. Good morning. It's Mark Collins here till lunchtime today. And my guest is George Ezra. Firstly, George, happy birthday. 25 today. <laughs> of course. Do, do you know what? You're the first person to bother saying it, Mark, oh, so thank you very much. Bless. What have you got planned for tonight, then? Um, very little. I'm going to put my feet up. I'm not huge on birthdays. I'm not against them, mind, but I'm just, I'll probably just put my feet up and do very little. It's nice. I've actually got the day off, which is a, is a very, it's a treat. Yes. And so you're not spending time with anybody else, just on your own? No, I'll be with my girlfriend this oh, okay. evening. Oh, that's yeah. nice. Oh, she yeah. might have a little surprise for you later on. Maybe. You Who never knows? know. You never know. Uh, listen, so it's been two months since the release of Staying at Tomorrow's. You, you've got to be pleased with his success, haven't you? I mean, more than pleased. I'm, I'm very pleased, and I'm also shocked. Why? <laughs> it's kind of well because it's not that I didn't. It's not that I released it going, oh, you know, I don't think this is very good. It won't do well. I thought it was great, but it's always the, the next step. Then is getting other people to hear it first, and then you know, to you can't control whether they'll enjoy it or not. And it's just been received so warmly. It's been amazing. Because a lot of artists do feel a bit of pressure to come up with the difficult second album, as everybody says. And yeah. as the first one, Wanted on Voyage, had made number one, was was that the same for you for staying at Tomorrow's? And was it a bit of pressure there? No, I d honestly, I'm not just saying this. I don't really feel pressure in that um, you, you kind of have to be selfish in the studio in that if you don't like it, then mm. it's rubbish, it won't work. You're the person that has to sing it each night. So you, every day when I was writing and recording, I was like, I was just trying to please myself, really. Um, I think I put pressure on myself to better myself, if that makes sense. Like, I, I, I f feel like I'd be disappointed if I didn't feel like I'd learnt something. But now, other than that, I was just keen to get it out. So were there a couple of songs that you may have discarded because you weren't happy with them then? Yeah, well, what tends to happen for me is I kind of... I write anywhere between 30 and 50 songs. Right. Well, this has been the, the trend for the last two records. Um, often I write with a friend of mine, Joel, and we'll just get together and stockpile ideas. And then, then there comes a time where it's, you feel like you've got enough to go to the studio and the kind of strongest 15 or 20 from that batch present themselves that is kind of everyone kind of agrees on which ones you should pursue and then once you've started recording them a bit bigger you know putting stuff on them and bulking them up a bit the strongest 12 kind of raise their heads as well do you know what i mean yeah, they kind yeah, of they and also to they the start to yeah and they start to it has to flow as a record and that's not for other people to worry about as much but for me it's it's kind of you know from track one to eleven it, you want it to flow so it, it kind of starts to take control of itself you must have asked answered this question a million times but for the benefit of those people who don't know tell us the story about why the album is called staying at tomorrow's <laughs> it's no it's a good story <laughs> i don't mind like sharing it, yeah. this one i'd uh, I toured the first album for two years, which was an amazing thing, but as a result, I, I struggled to write on tour. Um, so as a result, when I came off, it was time to write, and I I know of myself that I'm a lot better creatively, creatively when I'm outside of my comfort zone or just seeing new things and meeting new people. Um, and I had a month in the diary that was free, and I was in a very fortunate position where I could go anywhere I wanted for that month. So I decided to go to Barcelona, which is a beautiful city, and I'd, I'd only ever spent two or so days there. So I had that idea, and then I went, I know. 
what I'll do is instead of getting a hotel, I'll find a stranger on the internet that's renting out their spare room and go and live with a stranger because that will be interesting. And I remember my manager going, are you sure you want to do that, George? Kind of a long phone call going, <laughs> you don't have to do this. And it wasn't until I landed that I went, what on earth are you doing, man? You could kind of... And I got a taxi into the centre of town and I met my host and I got shown up this stairway with like smashed glass in the windows and there was bikes tied up to the wall without any wheels. And I was going, oh, man... What is this? But it turned out to be the best month. And my host was this girl, Tamara, and her and her friends were all huge music fans and musicians, artists, designers, and they worked Monday to Friday. So I would just spend my time walking around the city and I kind of, on these trips, I'll journal what I'm doing day to day. And then when I get home, that's when I write the songs from everything I've written down. So she, Tamara's become famous thanks to Airbnb then. <laughs> what a funny <laughs> turn of events. And it was kind of like the first few notes because her and her friends really used her flat as their kind of HQ. And I was like, oh man, I don't think I signed up for this. I don't <laughs> think I want this. But it turned out to be just amazing. You, you know when you wake up in the middle of the night and you've got a song in your head which won't go away? It's like an earworm. Yes. You owe me an apology for Paradise keeping me awake a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> okay. Uh, Sorry. It, it, it just, you know, I woke up about half past three and and it was going round and and I started to th- I even thought about the birdie song from the early 1980s just to try and get it out of my head because I couldn't <laughs> oh mate do you know what the worst thing is I what? shouldn't admit that this happens but every now and then there's one case in particular that I'll tell you about, but every now and then I find myself whistling my own songs walking walking down the street, and I'm like, you can't do that, man. <laughs> it looks like you're going, look at me, you know, like, <laughs> recognise it. There was one time where I was in Wales, uh, and I write there quite a bit for, and record little bits, and uh, me and my friend Joel that I was talking about, we were in the car, and Budapest came on the radio, which was, you know, we had a laugh. And, yeah. and then we I was down the frozen aisle, and I was just humming Budapest, and I was like, this is criminal, man. You can't, you can't be doing that. It's the ego, George. It's the ego. I know it's coming through. Right. Well, I'm going I'm to get it back into my head now because I'm going to play it, and then we'll talk a bit more afterwards. My guest this morning is George Ezra. Uh, this is the one that got stuck in my head that night. This is Paradise. Paradise from George Ezra on Wave 105, and despite it being a, an annoying earworm for me one night, it, it still, George, is my favourite song of the year so far. Oh, amazing, it is. thank you. No, I do, honestly, it's fantastic. You, you've also taken to making podcasts with fellow musicians as well. How did this come have, about? yeah. George Ezra and Friends, this mm. podcast that I started. I, I really struggle listening to other music when I'm recording because I start going, oh, you know, oh, their chorus is a bit longer than mine or they're, you know, they, they skipped the intro. And I, you know, it's start thinking, oh, maybe I should try that. Um, so I, I've turned to podcasts and I got introduced to a lot of podcasts where comedians talk to other comedians. And it was great because it was kind of still entertainment, but uh, far enough removed from my own line of work. And uh, I, I started to think I should try and find one that's kind of pop singers talking to each other. And, and I couldn't really find what I was looking for. And I, I kind of sat on the idea for some time. Well, if there isn't one, you should start it. Um, and... Uh, it, I took a bit of a running jump because I was a bit nervous to start it, but 
It's been amazing. I, essentially, I get in touch with my guests. I rock up with my microphones. I say, you know, where I can record wherever suits you. Mm. Um, you can come to me if that's better. And it's only ever me and them in the room. And we talk and about, you know, everything that we do, how we got to where we are. And, and I've, it's just been amazing. I've had guests from... Ed Sheeran, Rag and Bone Man, Elton John was wow. the last episode. I've had Lily Allen, and it's they are really, you know, for anyone that is interested in music in any way, shape, you know, it's not too nerdy. It's not talking about what microphones we use. It's <laughs> it's, it's it's more, you know, the the kind of uh, often what we end up talking about is behind the smoke and mirrors. So the reality and the the bit that people often won't hear about. Um, it really is a pleasure to do. And it's it, the reason I started it as well is because I realised I don't have a project in my life that is, you know, solely run by me, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'm fortunate enough to be signed to a major label, which is brilliant. There's people to help, you know, the radio department, the TV department, the marketing department. And I was like, it would be nice to see if I can start a project and see how I do by and myself. Any aspirations about coming this side of the microphone? Yeah, absolutely. Doing, doing some radio work? Yeah, genuinely. I, um, I'm not just saying this. As a teenager, my kind of dream job was to have a radio show. Um, oh, mine because... was to be a rock star. <laughs> we should swap, swap? Mark. <laughs> yeah, if I'm honest, I can have a break from touring. No, that, yeah, I, I would... And, and I, I hope one day I get to kind of live that out because it's a real... Um, it's an amazing thing to kind yeah. of broadcast to people and share music and just, yeah. I, I, it's the best so, job in the world. I love it. Yeah. Somebody really, pays I, me to sit here and talk for four hours. Yeah, it's Fantastic. a real... I kind of... I think of times when I've always... I've never not listened to the radio. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of... It's there and I, I really do love it. Well, you are touring throughout the summer various gigs at the what I call forest festivals yes. up and down the country and various race courses as well yes. culminating with Wembley Arena in November on the 15th <laughs> yeah. uh, which I keep forgetting about so well, I, I was going to say do you get nervous about whether anybody's going to turn up and buy well, tickets it's, it's, uh, it's not so much that it's more the and I don't really get nervous before shows but I must admit that will be new territory for me uh, uh, stage that big as a headline show um but we're gonna have it it's brilliant i mean the the show so far are the best we've ever done and the band's amazing and tight and the the, the reason i'm saying the shows are the best they've ever done is down to the audience not to us it's just i try and create where possible just a huge sing-along and it's really from start to finish we just it's it's an amazing atmosphere and uh yeah i love the fact wait. that you, you're doing wembley arena and then yeah. the next night you're playing Swindon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the reality of it. <laughs> Could you not finish at Wembley? Because that yeah, not, I know. Swindon ain't going to top Wembley, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never know. It's all, do you know, the further north you get, the better the audience is sometimes. Oh, you it's can't kind of, say that. We're on the south coast. No, no. Well, listen, I'm from the south coast. I think what it is is the... Uh, I don't know what what's put my my favourite shows recently have been um, we did some brilliant ones in Bristol yeah. last year, and uh, we did an amazing one in Exeter, uh, which was brilliant. But something I don't know what it is about the Glaswegians. You're doing two nights they, there, aren't you? Yeah, they, in they are just. In Glasgow. 
it's like caged animals let out for the night. It's amazing. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, That's a good way of describing a Glaswegian. Yeah, Excellent. It's brilliant. Well, the current album from George Ezra is called Staying at Tomorrow's. It's available now. The new single from the album, which I'll play now as well, is called Shotgun. And I know what, George, I can see this keeping me awake as well. <laughs> yeah. It's again. It's just as catchy as Paradise, isn't it? Yeah. If if not more so, it's kind of uh, the day I wrote this song. A kind of this doesn't often happen. In fact, it never happens. It has never happened to me before. But the day I wrote this song, I kind of went, oh, "I think there might be something in this." You the little. This is good one. You like this yeah, one? Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen. Happy birthday. Yes, thank you very much. Have a thank wonderful for... day today, and thank you very much for your time today. Uh, this is the new song from George Ezra. It is Shotgun. Thank you, Mark. <laughs>